Bom dia, Sheldon. I'm back from Brazil. We have to get caught up on our favorite show, your favorite show, The Challenge. I'm John Chidley Hill. And I am Sheldon Alexander. What is this? Episode two of yes. The Challenge Battle for a New Champion. Um, that's not episode what we're 263. Calling episode 263 of You that's, Killed It. That's not what we're calling it. We're calling it The Challenge Losers. Because I'm not, no, no, no. What? Oh, I'm gonna pause. Just go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's. Mm -hmm. I think this episode in particular underscores my point <laughs> that these people have not won for a reason. I mean, it's not like I'm gonna argue that point, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I can't. I can't. I have no leg to stand on in terms of arguing that point in terms of this episode that we are about to discuss because it centers around one man and one man only. And I got to say, I don't know yet who I'm rooting for in this season of the challenge, but uh, really, I, I know say, who I'm rooting for, Like, continue. I will say there's like a lot of folks that are feeling themselves and I don't know why it's like, maybe they find they see this as an opportunity because some of the big names aren't there. So they're thinking, okay, it's my time to shine. And that leads them to be doing too much. But we're seeing a lot of bad gameplay so far. And it starts, I mean, it starts with it, your man's Chauncey. I mean, we're watching the minor leagues here. Like that's, yeah. that's all there is to it. There's, <laughs> there's no contenders. There's a, there's a couple of young prospects who might get called to the bigs one day. Mm -hmm. But we are watching the minor leagues, and it shows. So let me ask you this then. Do you still prefer this, though, than the Challenge USA? Yes. Agreed. Definitely agreed. I'll tell yeah. you why. I'll I, tell you why. I know it's, why. It's <laughs> First of all, there's people making out. There's people getting handsy. There's people hooking up. There's, there's party scenes. Mm -hmm. Right? That extra 30 minutes, it's almost exclusively house content. Yeah. And it's also... Needed. It is needed. And also, the gameplay, although they're not executing it well, there's the potential to do it well. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely, definitely. I totally agree with you. All the other elements outside of just what the daily challenge is and what the, el the elimination is have upped my viewing experience, have made me enjoy this. It makes you feel more about the contestants. Right. And so yep. even if these people are all doing poorly, at least you're rooting more so for some more than others because you get a sense more of their personality. You get a sense of their vibes. And there's a lot yeah. of vibes going on in this house right now. But we'll oh, get it is there. a we'll horny get. house. Definitely. It is a horny, horny house. So Chauncey and Jay start talking, right? And they're working together, but they're also kind of not working together. And we're going to get to this because this becomes a theme over the next few episodes about the divide that's building within the house between kind of the international side of the house and the USA side of the house. Jay, though, appears to have an alliance with everybody. That's his gameplay. But obviously, he comes from the Michelle school of this is how I play the challenge. So... I mean, Chauncey doesn't trust Jay, but he also shouldn't, right? He, no, he should. No one should trust Jay, and no one should trust Michelle. Like that's <laughs> just who they are, and it's not because they're dishonest; it's because they overextend themselves. Mm -hmm. um, Jay, he rhymes off like 
so many people in what he terms the U.S. alliance. Like he is the one drawing the line mm-hmm. between the United States of America and competitors from around the world. Which brings us to a listener comment. Okay. Friend of the show, longtime listener, friend of mine, celebrating her birthday this week, Adi Pinsoff. Happy birthday. Said, I will say thanks on Adi's behalf. Adi <laughs> says, please tell me I'm not the only one who noticed that practically half or at least a quarter of Jay's U.S. alliance is international, including his <laughs> number one Israeli BFF, Asaf. <laughs> it's this whole thing is so funny to me because like the alliance being international versus us and then you had in the point that most of the people that are in the showmances are on opposite sides of this as well it's so it just like makes it makes no sense these alliances at all and the gameplay but i, I will there's two sides to this right these people can't play the game but it also then makes it entertaining because nobody can play the game. <laughs> They're all trying to figure it out, but they can't figure it out at all. And I find it hilarious. And the reason, too, is because, as I said, there's a montage of people hanging out by the pool. We see Michelle with the little smoochy smooch with uh, Callum. Callum, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I see you, Michelle. Do you? Do you? The other thing that's brought back in this season that we missed from the challenge USA was just these other just random conversations, right? There was a conversation between Olivia and Huey where they're talking about their upbringings, what kind of led them to the challenge, kind of just who they really, they're trying to tell us who they really are as opposed to who you might see or who you might uh, interpret them as being just by seeing them on TV. And you don't really get that depth on other variances of the challenge right like other editions of the challenge like usa you're so right and that's so important like i am not a gay irish traveler Mm -hmm. but hearing about huey's life experiences makes me like him more Mm -hmm. right i'm not uh, a tomboy like olivia i am a regular boy but hearing her experiences makes me like her more i will say off the hop and this this is gonna be a theme okay Olivia and Horacio are my favorites, both like I am rooting for them, and I think they're the favorites to win it all. Okay. Because here's my thinking. They made the final on the last regular season of the challenge. Yeah. They were doing well. If my memory serves, they were second. Like, they were right in there, and then a fluke accident disqualified them. Mm Mm-hmm. Of anyone in this house, I can't say they have the most experience in a a final because Michelle's been in a final, but they were the most competitive in a final against very tough competition. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, they would have to be like the if if there's an odds makers, if you could gamble on this, which maybe you can. I'm I'm sure you can. I'm sure. I'm sure there is an option. (laughs) Right. Um, They would be the odds on favorites for sure. Uh, And there's just so many good people like I like I Mm -hmm. genuinely like Horacio and Olivia. Agreed. Agreed. Two likable personalities for sure. Two other likable personalities, uh, Kylan and DJ Mel super flirty early on and he says that 
he before he came on this season, right? The week before, he spent it watching Total Madness. And now he's getting to see DJ Mel in person after watching her on Total Madness. And he talks about how she's even more beautiful, and which just seems crazy. And it made me think like, again, being able to get the backstories makes this show so much better. But it made me think of, imagine you were like watching whatever, and you see this person in real life, and or sorry, on this TV show, and then you get to meet them the following week and get to shoot your shot. Yeah, that's pretty funny, right? Like that's, that's wild. Yeah. <laughs> like, like what I other can't... scenario does that happen in? I, I mean, I don't know what everyone's thoughts is on the real or um, PR move that the Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift thing is, but the the way that it was presented to us in terms of him reaching out, trying to send her friendship bracelets, and being like, "Hey, got to watch you at Arrowhead. Maybe you should come watch me at Arrowhead next week." You know, like if that was real, that's hilarious, right? Because it's like you're watching someone do their thing and then you get to actually shoot your shot with that person. Like it's kind of cool. It's kind of, it is kind of cool. I want, I just want to say for the record, I think Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are real. I think it's a real thing. Wow. Okay. I don't think, I don't think it was like a PR move or anything. Um, I'm a little bit skeptical, but I'm just skeptical of everything. Cause I always like to give the people behind the scenes credit for, for making the world go round. And I just think that, you know, the, the, the stars aligning of Amazon getting Thursday night football, doing a, a Kelsey doc on the Kelsey brothers, Travis Kelsey's brother was like up for, People Magazine, Sexiest Man Alive. Then you got Amazon also doing a Taylor Swift doc. Like, there's just too many stars aligning that, like, you know, people pulling some strings. I now, did. maybe does that mean that that made it easier for them to meet? And then the rest is just, you know, love? <laughs> Who knows? So, so here's the, here are my theories. Hold on. <laughs> let's, let's get into this. This is what the people yeah. want. First of all, Taylor Swift mm -hmm. has gone to several Chiefs games now, cool. right? She's a busy woman. Mm -hmm. She doesn't need that hassle, right? And like when we've seen her in the past mm -hmm. date a celebrity, which has happened a few times, it's always been like much more low key than this. Like mm -hmm. if, if history is any indication, this is not her style. This is a Travis okay. Kelsey style either right well i mean he and did have a reality dating show he did but it, it wasn't like that was when he was much younger it's okay. it's not the same level also of anyone taylor swift doesn't need help marketing herself like sure. i can't imagine her i can't imagine what it would be like to be a bigger star and like i would argue in a lot of ways this is overshadowed like the other things she's got going on, right? Mm -hmm. Like she had the re-release of 1989, like the re-recorded Taylor's version come out this week. Mm -hmm. People are not talking about that as much as they are um, the, like the Travis Kelsey stuff, Still right? Like, one, though. <laughs> sure. It's number one, but like it didn't, like there was a point when I forget which one of her albums, maybe it was folklore. Wait, are you a Swifty? I respect her. 
Like, I don't think okay. it's really my genre, but like, I enjoy her music. I like her earlier stuff. Okay. But like, I think she's really good. Okay. Um. So yeah, like when I think it was when she re re released folklore. All like the top twenty songs for a couple days were all her songs. Like she literally yeah. had all top twenty. That's not happening with nineteen eighty nine, which has more commercial hits. So like, like I'm not sure she. Like I do feel like the Travis Kelsey stuff has overshadowed it. And like you understand, you follow football. Football players mid season barely have time for anything. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine he would have the sign-off of his team, his brother, like everyone. Like Andy Reid is into it. His mom. His mom. Mid-season because like that, like most of the time, especially as a tight end, like you're wrecked for like three days, right? Like I just – I can't imagine like if you were going to do it, you wouldn't do it during the NFL season. And you wouldn't do it when you're releasing a movie and a a re-release of your album. Here's the one thing that I will say that, you know, might have me on your side here. It's the fact that I don't think that anybody would be pretending and part of their plan be that I'm going to hang out with Brittany Mahomes. (laughs) So I think, you know, that might make it seem like it's actually real because, you know, you wouldn't just do that as like if you're faking it, there's other things you could do to fake it than like make yourself hang out with Brittany Mahomes. I feel like for you to be doing that, there has to be some realness to this whole relationship. And so, you know, you're gonna hang out with your significant others, significant your significant others, friends, significant others. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just like, I guess what we're both sort of agreeing on is that it's a lot of work for ultimately very little reward. Fair. Totally fair. Because, yeah, if it goes wrong, you know, tra- like it, if it goes wrong, and let's say like Travis Kelsey makes like a massive mistake in the playoffs or they lose or whatever, yeah. like this is not going to go well for them for sure. Well, it's like when Tony Romo was dating Jessica Simpson. Like for sure, that went really bad. I'm not sure if you've read Jessica Simpson's memoir. I uh, <laughs> oh, that's too bad. But in it, she talks about well. How... You've read Jessica Simpson's memoirs? <laughs> no, I haven't. But okay, I was like, what? there, there is a podcast where they talk about <laughs> Jessica Simpson's memoir. Um, it's like a four thing. It's like I forgot the podcast is called something like you were wrong about. Mm-hmm. and they break down jessica simpson's memoir which okay. is super fascinating and like you should actually listen to it you'll like jessica simpson way more like she okay. she had a, a much harder time than i think people realize but in it they talk she talks about how like she was dating tony romo mm-hmm. and like if anything went wrong like if he threw an interception it was hell on both of them because like she was getting blamed for it on like ESPN like talking head shows. Yeah. Which is like crazy. So um, you know, when it comes to Taylor and Travis, like it seems really like high risk, low reward for two people who frankly don't need it. It's no, that makes sense. So my question is, what's more of a likely distraction? Um, Taylor Swift distracting Travis from winning a Super Bowl or DJ Mel distracting uh, Kylan or Kylan distracting DJ Mel from winning 
the challenge battle for a new champion. I mean, I don't think either Kylan or Mal are serious contenders. <laughs> so I think it's okay. Okay. Well, let's get to the challenge day, the main challenge day. This challenge, I think the, there's just too much going on. There's 23 balls floating in the water. Each ball has someone's name on it. Uh, you have to swim out, get that person's ball, and get it to the top of a platform. The kick is the platform, there are ropes dangling from said platform. You have to create a human ladder and pass the balls up the ropes to the platform. The kicker is, though, each person has to put their own ball into the hole at the top of the platform. This is very complicated. There's a lot going on. I got to be honest. When I saw this, I was like, there's no way they're completing this. Yeah. I, like, there's no chance. Like, the, the level of planning that it would take to figure out who are the strongest people that you need to be at the bottom of this compared to the order that you would then need to put the balls in. And then, you know, there's just way too much going on here. And I also think, like we said after episode one, if you're the producers, you create a little bit of chaos so that someone fails, someone has to get the blame for the failing. And that's how you create the drama early. What did you think of this challenge just off your first glance at it? Because there's a lot going on. I, th I think that part of the problem is the personalities involved. And like, I think that they expected that they, the uh, cast would do better than they are. Like, I don't think they expected the communication to be this bad. I mean, basically, one one half of the team in particular does really badly where they it doesn't occur to them that, like, the biggest, heaviest people should be at the bottom. Yeah, the strategizing like was terrible. Like, the real, like, real simple basic stuff they're not figuring out, they're not getting. Yeah. Like, there was one part where they tried to have Olivia holding up James. And yeah. Olivia says in their confessional, she's like, if James was ever on top of me, this wasn't going to be how I pictured it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay. See, in those lines as well, you can't have those lines on CBS. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just like, just a little spice sprinkled in that, yeah. you know, that hurts the challenge USA, which also notably, like I I'm already really noticing this. Challenge USA has way more ads. And I know this is like a really granular, like podcasty thing to say, because like you and I are typically fast forwarding through the ads. Mm -hmm. I would say if you broke it down by percentage, I'd say that a quarter to maybe even 30% of the Challenge USA is ads. Whereas I would say maybe only 20% is ads on the Challenge regular. Well, it's actually, it's actually what thirty three percent would be ads because I'm pretty sure if my math is correct, which it's, you know, it's very iffy. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure that the episode is like forty minutes real time, and then twenty minutes of commercials. Yeah, right yeah. for the hour episode on and then, uh, the Challenge USA on but CBS. Then, but then for the Challenge regular. Mm -hmm. It's it's certainly it's not thirty minutes of ads for a ninety minute show. No, I feel like it's about twenty minutes, maybe something like that. It might still something be the like same that. twenty minutes. Yeah, might still be yeah. the same twenty minutes. Yeah. 
So for sure, you just, um, you're just getting more content straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at this point, right. They can't figure out how to get the groups to go. The two sides, one side is at least figuring it out a little bit more, but Chauncey struggled as he couldn't. The thing about Chauncey was that his mistake was so glaring because he couldn't pull himself up. And I think because everyone looks at him as the super strong guy, which he is super fit, they assume that you'd be able to pull up your own body weight up a rope and he couldn't do it. And it's not like he was trying to go all the way up. It was just to get to a certain point, right? And clip himself yeah. in. And he, he just couldn't had to do clip it. himself in. And he couldn't do it. And I think that's the part because it was so glaring. That's what made everyone like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's going on here? Even though like Huey fell as well and, you know, other people fell. Colleen was the first person to make it up there. And, you know, once they got the one side of the ladder working, they kind of realized, okay, well, screw this. Let's just try to get as many people as possible up the one side. But by that point, it was too late, right? Like there was just... You know what part of the problem with Chauncey was? It was that when he couldn't clip in and he like came down, he like stepped on a lot of people. He like hurt a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, Huey fell, but Huey like realized he was falling and like pushed away. Mm-hmm. So he didn't hurt anyone. So there's like insult after injury, right? Like not only is Chauncey holding this up, but like he stepped on my clavicle, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like it's like it, yeah. it's 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 doubly bad yeah whereas like who else struggled here melissa also struggled she got to the top but she was afraid to leap from the rope to the platform and it's not like they were close anyways like they're gonna lose anyways but it still was one of those glaring mistakes that overall doesn't look well the difference being michelle or michelle uh dj mel has a lot better uh social game and so you know it's not going to cost her in the long run as it's going to cost Chauncey who doesn't have a good social game and just buries himself even more. Same with Huey. Huey didn't do good either or didn't do well, but Huey has a better social game than Chauncey. Not much, (laughs) but a better social game than Chauncey. And he jokes around with everyone. And I think like that, you know, keeps him around a little longer. Well, Huey has people who, genuinely like him like there's people who are like his real life friends in real life Mm -hmm. outside of the house yeah right yeah i'm not sure that's the case for chauncey and like i think something we got to remember with chauncey is that like his his main season he spent 90 percent of his time just talking to amber correct so he didn't build any relationships on his own any relationships that they had built in the house was basic was not basically was through amber you're totally yeah. right about that um and so the house not good. she doesn't have a great social game either like she's not like she puts a lot of people off mm-hmm. she is uh not like she makes a lot of mistakes as yeah. well like it's a bit of the blind leading the blind mm-hmm um, so yeah, they failed the challenge. They don't get the $50,000 loser day for sure. Now they got to go back to the house and figure out who they're going to nominate to send into the elimination. So they get back to the house and we get another one of these conversations. Where we're trying to figure out, is it going to be Huey or is it going to be Chauncey? And it seems like the U S Alliance doesn't trust Chauncey, but the huge thing here 
is a twist of whoever, whoever you send in, they get to choose who they're going against. So that's huge. So why would you put in someone if they can put in someone else that they can beat and then they come back in the house angry? Like this is the biggest part of this season that I feel like the vets would have figured out by now, but these guys have no idea how to go about this game because Chauncey no. might've struggled in this one. But if you're the U S team, Chauncey is super fit. He's super athletic. He has great endurance. That's someone that you want to still be on your team. So you can win these daily challenges and make more money to the bank. And also if there is a divide between the internationals and the U S it's a number for your team. So why are you trying to put in a number for your team? You know, I agree with everything you've said and you're missing an important benefit of having Chauncey in the house. If you're on, uh, on the American side, mm -hmm. he'll do what you tell him to. Correct. Chauncey is not a great thinker. He, I wouldn't call him quite gullible, but like he's not a leader. And like there's a part of Chauncey that knows he's not a leader. Exactly. If you're, if you're a Michelle type, a J type, mm -hmm. you want Chauncey because like you'll be able to persuade him to vote how you want. Yep. I totally agree. I totally agree. So we get this whole that we get a club scene. There's a bunch of other stuff going on. Nothing really important. We see Huey and James flirting. Like we, we get to see their bromance that they got going on because they got a friendship and James loves Huey's just energy that he brings to the, to the whole thing. But let's get to the club scene. Cause you know, the vibes, Michelle oh. and Callum it's going I'm down. Just I, I just love club scenes, and I know that you are, as much as I love club scenes, I don't love them as much as you do. Like, you're the connoisseur, and I'm just, I'm just excited to see you cook. I'm just saying, you know, it's just the vibes, and especially now, I might not get out. I might not. I don't get out as much as I used to. You know what I mean? Slow down in our older age, you know? So, like, the, the it brings back just fond memories of the club, and it always just makes me think of, what music they're playing, you know, who's getting down on the dance floor, who's a person that's just like chilling at the bar. You know, I, I like it. I like it. Um, Michelle and Callum, they clearly like it. Raven, who becomes a really big part of this episode as well, she starts talking to Chauncey. She knows that he's on the chopping block, but I don't think that Chauncey knows it, which makes it like super weird that he's just so clueless. He has no idea that people are targeting him. So the other people that are in trouble is Huey, right? Yeah. Huey and Berna are talking with Jay and Corey. And basically Jay is talking Huey into volunteering himself to go in. And I think like, it's funny because Jay is getting his like master manipulator on. And I don't know if Jay is at that level yet. But I kind of respect what he's trying to do because he's trying to tell them, listen, if you go in, at least that way you get to choose your opponent as opposed to making the house vote you in. So if you think the house is going to vote you in, you might as well just go in and that way you get to choose who you're going against, which does make sense in theory if you are convinced that you're going to be going in anyways. But what do you I think of this whole conversation? I don't think I think Jay's doing too much as always. <laughs> Cuz here's the thing, like we've already talked about it. Like they're coming out of that daily competition. It's really obvious 
that Chauncey and Huey are going to be the targets among the men. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of the women. Nobody saying Jay's name. So just wear your backwards ball cap <laughs> and like dance with your arms uh, with your elbows like two inches from your sides. <laughs> you know, just be underdressed Jay at the bar. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> No, I mean I I I can't say that I disagree with you here. I mean, he is doing too much, but yet to remember, he sees himself as you know this season's johnny bananas or west like he's trying to play that role of one of the leaders and that's why you know he's not sitting back and maybe the vet he should be modeling his game as because he's a vet in in the context of this season right he should be trying to model himself after ct yep ct's not strategizing with everyone and telling everyone who they should vote for and what they should do he's playing his position in the background he's lurking Right. And if you want to take a shot at the big dog, okay, fine. We'll go into the elimination and we can shoot. But Jay is trying to like, he's trying to play the West and Johnny Bananas role of being the vet and trying to like pull all the puzzle pieces. And I don't think he's ready for that. But we switch gears here in the club. We switch gears because we got a very interesting scene, a weird scene, I'll say, where Melissa and Kylan are on stage dancing together, right? The whole cast is like hyping them up. They're chanting, kiss her, kiss her, kiss her, kiss her. And, you know, making out in the club. I mean, listen, if you're of a certain age, kids, you know, we've all had that moment in time where, you know, it's a vibe. You know, it's a vibe. It happens. Think we've all been there in our younger days when it was a thing but i'll say this okay melissa while the chants are going on i i definitely dipped and dodged from saying something that i shouldn't say into a microphone so that's just so you know anyways melissa says i would kiss him and he says i don't like the pressure melissa then gets upset because she says, and I love this from Melissa. Melissa makes me laugh so much. She says, do you know how many guys out there would love to kiss me? <laughs> and this is embarrassing. <laughs> I, I think that's my line of the episode. Because on the one hand, it's kind of like cocky. But on the other hand. It's not it's, cocky if you're wrong. It's right? It's not cocky if you're right. <laughs> So here's, I'm so, like, I knew we were going to talk about this, and I'm so glad we are, because I think it's it's really important. First of all, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak from some personal experience. <laughs> I was at a birthday party, this was years ago, at Brasai. Oh, okay. In the height of the King Street West era. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's still going, by the way, the King Street West era. But, but it's changed. It's changed. I mean, it's, right? I'm, t- I'm talking like yeah, we can, yeah. the 2015s, 2016s. Story for another day, for sure. Yeah. And like, as at this birthday party, and me and the birthday girl were clearly hitting it off. Like, we we're side by side, hip okay. to hip, most of the night. Okay. But every time we got a moment alone, someone would come over and like basically stare at us waiting to kiss. Oh, and it never happened Hmm. because people were inserting themselves into our narrative. Interesting. Interesting. And so like, 
I don't think Kyland handled things optimally. I think if DJ Mel says she would be interested in kissing you, the answer is yes. Let us <laughs> commence kissing. I'm going to go out on a limb too and be like, DJ Mel probably is kissed a lot in the club. Probably, which is a, an excellent point, which I'm going to get to. But I'm just, I'm, I understand where Kylan's coming from. The other mm. issue is, is Melissa is from the PG 13, maybe even R rated challenge. Kylan mm. is from the PG CBS world. One True. of these people has an OnlyFans. <laughs> the other one is good at math. <laughs> you know? I'm like, listen, opposites attract. I'm mm -hmm. rooting for these kids. Yeah. But I'm just saying, Kylan's out of his element. And DJ Mel should accept the fact that he's not a part of this world. I promise you, that's the first time Kylan has ever been on a stage in a club. <laughs> I promise you it's the first time people have chanted at him to kiss someone, let alone an OnlyFans model. <laughs> and I'm root again, I'm rooting for them, but we should cut my man Kylan some slack. Definitely. And and you know, this was a good scene as well because I feel like and as the 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 episodes progress this season we will realize a lot more of the real world aspects that are getting dropped into this season of the challenge, which is why we also love the original version of the challenge for these moments, because as it goes along, right? She talks about how embarrassed she feels and I get it. You would feel embarrassed in front of a group of people yelling to kiss. And clearly the other person doesn't appear like they want to kiss you. Then she gets into the factor of her being a mom and being away from her child and it's supposed to be her getaway and you know i'm sure there's as she mentioned there's some uh self-confidence issues after having a child and you know are you still the same dj mel and all that fun stuff you know and she talks about how embarrassed she felt in that moment this is supposed to be flirting with kylan not oh i'm chasing you because hold on this is another banger line from dj mel she said, this is supposed to be a getaway from the game, flirting with Kylan, not, oh, I'm chasing you because, quote, that's not what I do. <laughs> right. Just another, again, sounds cocky, but is it cocky if it's factual? <laughs> right. Well, DJ Bell, I, I'm not chasing you. Right. Like, that's not what I do. Um, I think that's I, I a do really important mention a point, quote. though. I don't think mm -hmm. I don't think I don't think DJ Mel is used to being rejected. I also think that's true. A really important, a really important fact. Well, that's just the other side of the coin, right? Like I'm not chasing anybody because I don't have to, but also when I do make it apparent, like I'm not used to the rejection. You're totally true. But that I'm not used to chasing you. That reminded me of one of my favorite lines uh, in the wise words of noted poet Young Jeezy. I don't chase girls, and I'm editing this obviously, but he says, I don't chase girls, I chase money and vodka. Such I get great, it. Such a great line. I don't chase no broads. I chase money and vodka. Next time I re-up, I'm going to buy me a chopper. I'm talking huh. about, I'm not talking about AKs. I'm talking shit with propellers. Fly to the <laughs> club and make my old bitch jealous. 
I'm very impressed that you had that all off of the top of your head. Listen, man, I'm a, when it comes to hip hop, like the the morning motivations of Thug Motivation 101, Young Jeezy's album. I mean, listen, man, just gets you going when you need to work out the workout music. You just turn it on. The baseline gets you. You're hype. You're bouncing around. You're ready to go, man. Ready to start the day. Young Jeezy, one of my favorite rappers of all time, man. Wow. Okay. I have an eclectic, I have an eclectic mix. Apparently, Obviously, you see Jay everywhere. So, you know, yeah. yeah, I don't chase, I don't chase no broads. I chase yeah. money and vodka. <laughs> That's a great line. <laughs> I love that. Sorry. Uh, the other, the other <laughs> element is that Kylan pulls her aside and he's yes. like, yeah, let's this get is... serious. Sorry. I'm quoting young Jeezy. And this turns into a really serious and good conversation. Yes. Yeah. Where he's like, this is what we talked about. And she's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I have autism. <laughs> And she was like, sorry, what? We have not discussed this. I shouldn't be laughing, but it is funny that like. He's like, I told you this. And she's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I, who do you believe here? Who do you think? I think that, um, they weren't chasing their vodka. (laughs) And so he probably did bring it up. They did talk about it, but it was in a moment of where they both weren't all there. You know, and so you're kind of telling your story and, you know, there's parts of a conversation that you'll remember, but you might not remember the depths of it. And especially when it's something so serious, Mel's probably like, oh, I kind of remember, but I don't really remember. Mm -hmm. But I don't really want to say that I don't remember because clearly this is a big thing. But uh, Kylan explains in his confessional that after his last appearance on Big Brother, um, he went and got tested and he was on, he found that he was diagnosed. He's on the autism spectrum. So he processes information differently. He also got an autism diagnosis. He's not sure if in this situation, it's a social anxiety or if it's autism, but he just communicates and understands things differently. And mm-hmm. sometimes he over communicates. So there's a moment where all of this is happening and he doesn't really know how to process it in the same way that other people do. So it's not as simple as, oh, people tell me to kiss this OnlyFans model who wants to kiss me. I should kiss her, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> It's not that basic and simplistic in his mind. But well, he also says he's like, uh, he's like, I didn't realize that was an embarrassing situation for you. Which like I think to speaks to like what a hard time he has reading social situations because mm-hmm. like. I want to be clear. I understand why she's embarrassed by that. Like she just got rejected in front of people. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's tough. And also and with cameras television. rolling. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. On television. Um, so that's tough, but yeah, I, I, I'm glad that they worked it out. Yeah. And they were able to talk about it and explain it and they understand each other. And obviously his goal is not to embarrass her, which I think she understands once they sit down and talk about it. And Hey, the end of the night, they, or no, they end up cuddling and, you know, the funny part was she's like, he's my separation from the game. Meanwhile, they're cuddling and he's just talking about the game. And she's like, <laughs> yeah, hello. I don't really care. Just cuddle me. <laughs> DJ again, is the best. I'm sorry. Again, you're cuddling with DJ Mel. Maybe time to stop talking about the game. 
Yeah, you don't got to worry about like, okay, so who are we voting for tomorrow? <laughs> we can sort that out over breakfast, you know? How about yeah. that? Um, Raven, meanwhile, who might be on the outs because Olivia Norris want Chauncey out, but Raven wants to save him, and we don't really know why. I guess Raven is friends with Chauncey. He's one of the people she feels like she can trust in the house. Uh, that's obviously causing some drama because, again, these people on the U.S. side cannot figure out how an alliance works. Right? No. That, to me, is the most basic problem they're having. Um, the flip side of this, though, was Berna talking about loyalty earlier, right? And it being a European thing and not so much of an American thing. And so what do we see? The Americans trying to throw in Chauncey despite weakening their numbers by doing so. What did you think of Berna's whole, uh, her theory essentially that, you know, the Americans not really being so much about loyalty, like just as a, as a culture, we'll say. Um, I think... I think she's onto something. Um, I don't know. As Canadians, we need more I, data. We need, yeah. Well, I think that something that I always notice about Canadians versus Americans is that Canadians, generally speaking, are really into communalism. Like the mm -hmm. Canadian thought process is always what is best for my community. Now, how you define what your community is, is important right like yeah does that mean people who look exactly like you and have the same sexual orientation as you can be mm -hmm. different but like that's the most important thing to canadians whereas from our perspective americans are all about the individual right like they're a very individualist society yeah but i don't think that means that they're not loyal like i yeah. i just think that like they tend to focus on themselves more Mm -hmm. or, or like they believe that like the key to winning is within rather than within a group. Interesting. But that yeah, doesn't yeah. mean you're not loyal, right? Yes. And yeah. and ultimately only one person can win this show. So also like it's true. not the wrong mentality. Very good points. Very good points. Um, so Jay does his spiel and he basically is saying, do you want to go in and buy the house? You know, it's kind of interesting because you get to choose who you go in against, which I, I understand. But now they're saying, or do you want to be called out? Which I get. Chauncey says he wants to be called out. And this being brought to Chauncey, I think he actually makes the right call here because he's hoping that maybe he doesn't get picked. And the other flip side of this is, should Huey pick Chauncey to go against in an elimination? You know what I mean? Like, would that be the right move? So if you're Chauncey, why would you volunteer to put yourself in when there's a world in which you might not be the person that's picked to go in? Yeah. That part I found really interesting. Um, Huey gives a speech about not being afraid and, you know, how he didn't come here just to like sunbathe. He wants to compete. All that. Let's, let's bypass that because this whole deliberation is about your man's Chauncey. And I thought last week in episode one, Jessica gave the worst deliberation speech possible, saying that she didn't care about the money, she didn't care about anything. I thought that was the worst deliberation speech I'd ever seen. Until your man's Chauncey decides <laughs> that he's going to ask <laughs> the whole house 
if he's ever done anyone wrong in this house. And the first person he picks is Horacio, who says, well, actually, yes, you have done me wrong. You told me that you would never say my name last season, and then you said my name. <laughs> and it's like, hold on. That can't be Chauncey's plan, how he thought this was going to go. But he tries to backpedal and say, see, I knew he was going to say that. I knew he was going to say that. That's why I picked him first. <laughs> Before we move on, because there's a lot more from this deliberation, is there a chance that that is true, <laughs> that that's what Chauncey planned? No. <laughs> absolutely not. He um, absolutely blew it. And... So you'll recall, but our listeners might not. You and I were in OAC law class together. Correct. That's that's part of the basis of our friendship. Grade 13 is what OAC yes. is. And furthermore. It's funny you got to say that too, right? Because there might be like people like Canadians or Torontonians now of age that are like, what's OAC? I, yeah. I go through that at work. And the other, yeah, well. Tell me that. The other thing is that as part of that, we had to do mock trials. And one of the first lessons of being in a trial situation, mm -hmm. which deliberation is, is never ask a question that you don't already know the answer to. Yeah. Right? Like if you're going to ask someone a question, you need to know what they're going to say because that's on the record. Yes. Chauncey goes around <laughs> the room and asks all these people who he thinks are going to back him up. He's like, oh, yeah, you're my guy. You're trustworthy. I can rely on you. And just one by one, they're like, no, actually, you screwed me, too. Now that you mentioned it. <laughs> I like even Huey at one point was like, you know, I forgot about the fact that like Raven voted me in. Like, like <laughs> It was so good because like, again, the first person he asked, and I get it, it's Horacio, right? Good guy, trustworthy yeah. guy. And he's like, well, you know, I got to be honest and be like, he actually did do me wrong. So uh, Trotsky then tries to, say, to backpedal. Mm -hmm. Sorry, just of anyone. Yeah. Horacio might be the most like loyal, down-to-earth person in the house. Yeah. So like him saying like, no, actually you did screw me is so damning yeah because like there is no one who's speaking ill of harassio there's no one like he his word is like bond yeah like he's not much of a political player he just like goes out and like gets it done mm -hmm. so for for to turn to him and be like i've never screwed you saint harassio and he's like well actually yes you did it's <laughs> like, actually insane Oh insane my God. gameplay but Chauncey and then right when you think it can't get worse it does because the second person he goes to is Michelle <laughs> who also <laughs> says well yes you and Amber all actually went against me <laughs> me and Jay in the last in the last time we were both on the season and she tells a story of Jay and Michelle protecting him and Amber and then him and Amber turning their, their back on them, which is too funny. And I've never seen anything like that before. And I wonder, I don't know the answer to this. Maybe someone has talked about this on a pod. I wonder if this is the actual order that things went. Because is it actually possible that Chauncey could be so out of it that the first two people he goes to, right? are the two people that he's actually done wrong. Cause he could have said anyone, he could have said like Olivia. And even though Olivia and Horacio were linked, maybe she doesn't, you know, take it that way. 
he could have went to like, uh, like it just made no sense to me. What was he thinking? I I honestly think I want to believe that that was the actual order that it went in, and I <laughs> think Chauncey is capable of being like misreading the situation that badly. Yeah, I want to believe Sheldon. I mean, the other part that was so good about this was the cutaways to the other castmates and the and the confessionals that were popping up were just like, Chauncey, stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> just stop. And he just kept digging a hole more and more. And the girls are saying that they want to vote in Chauncey. Raven is still not agreeing. And, you know, should they keep him as as a number? Or not? What do you think? I always think that you keep the numbers, especially early on in the game, because the numbers are the only thing that matters. But this plan seems to be going already. And then to make it worse, not that Raven's move is worse than what Chauncey just did, because nothing is. But Raven is in on this meeting where they're talking about the plan. Raven then goes to Kieran to tell him the whole game plan. And of course, the USA squad finds out right away. Why did Raven do this? Because she's dumb. <laughs> uh, because she and Kieran are booed up a little bit. I don't know. I guess so. Yeah, that's got to be. I, I mean, what's like, where did, where did they get Raven from? Like, what cave did they drag her out of that she, like, what was. What was the other reality TV show she was on? She's got to be like Love Island or something. That'd because be like, guess. I'm wondering if she's just coming from a different format where she didn't. I mean, <laughs> keep in mind, this is the same woman who came on Ride or Die with like a guy who she just like been in the DMs with for a bit. And she oh, wanted yeah. to like be name? a serious yeah. couple. Johnny. John, and like yes. he was like firmly uninterested. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And then he proceeded to hook up with someone else on the show, right? Narice. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. That's what happened, right? Um, yeah. just amazing. Just absolutely amazing. Uh, but yeah, there's this whole other subplot that comes out of nowhere. We don't see the origin story, but basically someone makes up that. What if you can only go against someone who voted for you? So I have no idea what the, where this theory came from. Someone just brings it up as maybe this is a possibility. And then that throws a wrench into everyone's plan. So then everyone starts panicking, thinking, wait, 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 maybe we need to switch up our game plan. <laughs> like, where did that come from? They are so... I don't know where it came from. They are so lost. Like, they are so out to lunch it's it's honestly impressive yeah so the votes come we end up in the elimination the votes come and your man's i mean everyone votes for chauncey essentially right um good pretty much right and kyland on his own picks huey which is odd because again alliance not voting together very confused. The UK dudes all vote for each other to burn their votes because they're worried about if they pick Chauncey, Chauncey could pick them, which again is just something that was made up. So most of the other votes go for Chauncey, 
Chauncey also votes for himself, which, okay, sure. And now it comes down to who would you choose if you were Chauncey to go against in this elimination? And this is where I have a broader question for you, John, because I mentioned earlier that if we had challenge vets on the show, they would be playing this game in a very different way. And oh, to me, very, the most obvious, well, to me, the most obvious thing is that you should be trying to get rid of your weak players early while maintaining your numbers, right? Because you're trying to win money in the daily challenge. And in the daily challenges, you're working as a team. And if you're working as a team, you're only going to be as strong as your weakest competitor. So you should be using the elimination to just throw in the weak people and let them take each other out. Yeah. Chauncey, not one of the weaker people, but he gets to choose who he's going against. And who does Chauncey choose? He chooses the biggest guy in the house. He chooses James. Just cuts. I'm like, what are these guys doing? Where, like, who do these guys know the show they're on? Do they get it? Do they have any understanding at all? And I, what I, I like I is that we then have Michelle in um in confessional be like, this is actually a good idea. No, it's not. There's nothing <laughs> good about this idea. <laughs> Uh, it just makes no sense. And I, I thought, like, is he doing it because he's trying to, like, curry favor with the other American guys, thinking, like, hey, I'll take out one of the big guys and come back in the house and you guys will like me? Like, that's not the game. The game is just to survive. Pick the easiest person that will allow you to survive. We're in the second episode, meaning, like, you can look and see who the weaker players are, and this is who you're going against. It's not that complicated. This doesn't no. take any crazy type of strategy here. No. The, the goal at that moment, when you're voted in, the goal is to just get back into the house. So, like, look at the competition. Then look who's left. Pick the weakest. Yeah, that's it. So this elimination, though, right? So he picks James, and this elimination, it's basically like kind of like a Connect Four <laughs> type yeah. battle meets endurance challenge, essentially. Um, my line of the episode is, sorry, just on that yeah. note, my line of the episode is James says, like, yeah, it's like that childhood game that we all used to play because he clearly was told by producers you couldn't say Connect Four. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well played. Connect Four, luckily for us, sponsors uh, You Killed It podcast. So, you know, we're allowed to say it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, we got that yeah. big Hasbro money. Right. So this game, basically, you have to get a bunch of your pieces, get as many three in a rows as possible. And you do that as how many rounds were there? Three rounds? I think there were three yeah. rounds, right? And um yeah, basically that was that's how this game went. The one thing that I found interesting or the one learning piece that you could definitely take from this was the fact that James was gassing out very early in this. And this is all obviously about strategy, which is another part that these new people don't understand. You get to choose when you're going into the elimination, okay? You mm -hmm. get to see kind of what you think the elimination is going to be. And then you can choose accordingly whom you think would be bad at said elimination. And this one, Chauncey, I think, thought, okay, well, 
this will be a lot of running. And he thought that James would gas out, which James did. This though is about strategy. Chauncey is not good at strategy. And that ended up doing a mint. Like he didn't understand how to play the game, right? No, not at all. I mean, I will say like, so James played better than Chauncey, obviously. Barely. Barely. But also they both were doing things wrong. Yeah. So like, you know this, like the strategy with Connect Four is you go middle out. Yeah. Right? Like you start in the middle, work your way out because that way it's harder to block you. They were right. also starting on the one puzzle piece. There's like three different boards, but the one board in the middle, the middle piece was blocked off and they yeah. kept starting on that board for some reason. Also made no sense to me. No sense. It was no, no sense whatsoever. Super strange. Um, like this could have been a blowout against Chauncey, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and as it is like, he was unable to catch up to James and James's sizable lead. Just, yeah. just a total mess. Yeah. James ended up winning overall. Like the first round, James won nine, six. Then uh, James was gassed, but still was leading. But after the second round, 15, 11 and Chauncey finally like won a round, but it was too late as he ends up losing by one overall. And you know, everyone was helping Chauncey, but it was too late. And I think that's the other part of this where the other people watching aren't really sure the best ways to help who they want to win and also feel some type of way about it. Whereas we've seen on prior seasons, recent seasons, where people feel no shame in terms of helping one side win, right? Yeah. This well, one kind of I- seemed like they were nervous. I think that speaks to how confused they are strategically. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. A lot of confusion. James was so, it was so funny how gassed James was. He was done, which I would keep him around for the final. Cause you like, if I'm one of the other people watching this, I'm thinking, yo, I want to run a final against James. Cause there's no chance that guy's finishing it. I mean, he really exposed himself. Yeah. Yeah. as like a weaker weaker player that's that's yeah. all there is to it he's really exposed now so james ends up beating chauncey chauncey is going home james is the winner and yeah overall i mean i thought it was an entertaining episode lots going on lots of drama lots of fun stuff um i think i wanted chauncey to stay a little more because i don't really like james james is just not really my really? cup of tea James is okay, but I, I feel like he, or maybe, you know, you know what, maybe I'm like being jaded by future episodes and just kind of the, the dude that he is once they allowed them to sort of, uh, big themselves up, we'll say, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Chauncey didn't play the game well at all. I wonder what happens when he walks in the door and talks to Amber and Amber's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> right? Like, Cause I think the story was he left like days after Amber had the kid was when he left to go beyond this season. And I mean, to lose that early to be the first male eliminated, I'm not sure that's what either of them would have expected, but just a terrible play there by Chauncey. Here we are. Yeah. Um, so I think I know which way you're going to head. 
Oh, come on. There's only one way to go here. This is an LVP episode. No? Yes, that is the correct answer, Sheldon. Right. Like, is, <laughs> I just, like I said, the, I mean, just that master class and like going home. Right. <laughs> like if you told me that Chauncey's whole game plan was, you know what? I miss Amber. I miss my, my newborn baby. I just want to get home. I would believe that if you told me like that was, is what he actually did. He was just trying to go home quickly. I would believe that, that he threw it. Cause nothing else really makes sense. You in the deliberation, basically show everybody that you are untrustworthy you keep talking and digging yourself a bigger hole. Then when you do get thrown into the elimination, you get to choose anybody and you choose the biggest guy in the house. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what Chauncey is doing other than trying to lose here. After you skipped over, he like in the daily, he had pulled himself up to the very top oh, yeah. of the chain and he couldn't make it like an extra inch to hook himself in. Yeah. It's not a good look. Not a good look for Chauncey. I wonder, will Chauncey be back on the challenge? No. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, I mean, we shall see. We shall see, my friend. Uh, where can the good people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at Shell Alexander and on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Shouts to the people liking it, subscribing, following along, sending in their comments and questions. We really appreciate that. This season of the challenge, I know people are kind of iffy on it, but I'm entertained. I'm, I'm enjoying it, it so far. And we haven't had any of the twists yet because we know the big boys are coming. And, um, yeah, we haven't had any of those twists yet, so I'm looking forward to it. But I'm entertained so far this season. Where can the me people too. find you, man? I really liked it. Um, they can find me on all social media platforms at J Chidley Hill. I thought you and forgot your I thought you forgot. I did. I had to pause. I've still got <laughs> vacation brain. And until next episode, this was you killed it. I see what you did there. You Good.